When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Teen Creeps listeners, you like us. You like reading. You like entertainment. What you, if we told you, you that you, you, we, we, and also us, and also us, Both. also you, uh-huh. at a theater live in Los Angeles. Where can I get my Los Angeles babies? Is in cool? Los Angeles. Yeah. You may not know, and you'd be dumb if you don't, but we have a whole other podcast. It is called Public Domain Theater, it's a podcast of highbrow readings and lowbrow commentary. Along with the special guests, we read a classic short story and interrupt it with hilarious commentary, wild theories, and sometimes rabid screaming, which you're used to. You guys are used to it, and you, you love know. it. If you didn't love it, you wouldn't listen to this show. Yeah. It's like Masterpiece Theater meets Mystery Science Theater 3000. Also don't know if you saw this, but the podcast has been featured on AV Club, Vulture, and one of the episodes was even named in the top 50 podcast episodes of 2018 by Indie White. We are killing it on two podcasts. Y'all, it's amazing. We've arrived. We're both millionaires. We don't have to worry about anything. We're rolling in it right now. Rolling in it. Scrooge McDucking it all up in here. While we say that, we are begging you to come to our live show. Please come to our live show. Please come to our live show. Please come to our live show. If you say it three times, it happens. It happens. Manifest what you want in this world. And you know what I want? I want guest Mary Holland. I want guest Nick Weiger. You're getting both of those things. Girl, what? Shut your The secret is real. I will shut my mouth hole when we're done recording this promo. So, okay. Come to the Lyric Hyperion Theater in Silver Lake this Friday, July 27th at 8 p.m. Tickets are $7 online or $10 at the door. You can find the link to buy tickets on our Twitter account at Public Domain Pod. Yes, we have posted it here, but the surest way, if you don't want to scroll through some bunch of Teen Creep stuff, go over to Public Domain Pod. Follow our asses there as well. If I find out that you listen to our show and you are not at this live show and you live in the Los Angeles area area. we're coming to your house we should let you know we have metrics we can see how many listeners we have in Los Angeles we will count if you are not there we will find you yeah we will end you no we will find you yeah and we'll say thank you for listening to teen creeps yes but you've heard us also, yeah, deeply, deeply, and also, please, please come, please come to our live, please show. come to our live show. It's our very first live show. I know we're so scared and happy, and happy and scared. So come to it, dang it! If you this love Friday, us, this July twenty seventh, you're welcome. Twenty eighteen, eight p.m. Bye. Forever, dog. The house was evil. This week on the podcast. R.L. Stein's 99 Fear Street, The House of Evil. Welcome to Teen Creeps, the podcast that discusses YA pulp fiction. I'm one of your hosts, Lindsay K. Ty. I'm another one of your hosts, Callie Nugent. And this week we are discussing R.L. Stein's 99 Fear Street trilogy, first, second, and third evils. And we have a guest for this podcast. You may know him from UCB's Mod Night on the team Summer Of. You may know him from his very popular podcast, Podcast to the Ride. 
and um, various comedy things on the internet, such as uh, you could watch his commercial with Chris Pratt that aired during oh, the Super yeah. Bowl. Drink some refreshing Michelob Ultra. Yeah, nice. it's Jason Sheridan. Yeah. Hi. Hi, thank thanks you so for much joining for doing us. the show. Thanks for having me. And thanks for reading three books. One, two, three. I know. Yeah. Well, I know. It took me a while because I'm a slow reader. Forever. Yes, I have technically like now read yeah. the first, and it's not to come in and just start correcting, <laughs> but it's the first uh, first through third horror, horror. not oh, evil. Horror. The house is of, evil. I was thinking of um, cheerleaders. Right, the first evil. That's how the oh, cheerleaders yeah. series mm-hmm. is named. But we have horrors. 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 Yeah, there's three of them. Mostly mm-hmm. goo and rats. Those yes. are the main so horrors. Much, so many so rats. Much goo. Oh, so, and hands in garbage disposals. Hands in garbage disposals, uh, yeah. R.L. couldn't get enough of the hands in the garbage no. disposals. Yeah. Had to do it twice. Which what? one was your favorite? Um, Second, maybe? Maybe first? Wow. Second? I don't know. Um, I read them all in a flurry during a heat wave. So, oh, okay. So, uh, I first read books one and two when I was like 11 or 10. Like, these were actually ones I read as a kid. And then, for whatever reason, just never found the third one. (laughs) That's how it was back then. You couldn't order things online, you had to find them. But it's weird because my family, like, uh, uh, we went to the Jersey Shore a lot, and there's a lot of used bookstores where you just turn in books after you've read them for credit. Mm. Uh, not me. I was a weird collecting kid, so I would just read books, and then they go on the shelf, and then yeah. you just have a nice, uh, which is a bad habit I've kept up. Now I just have an absurd amount of books I will never read. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I think it's the first one. I think the first one is probably the best of like as a haunted house story. I, agree. I think the second one is the weakest, and the third yeah. one is just batshit insane. Yeah. Uh, I, I, the metaphor I think of these these three as is the super mario the original nintendo mario so like (laughs) one three was a more spiritual sequel to one and number two was like a different game in japan and they just made it mario when they brought it to so two yeah because two with brant with brant oh my god i gotta tell you brant did not like brant was not sold on brant also it's so funny how RL writes for girls versus boys. Oh my god, yes! And the like, Brant just been like, oh, I mean, I can't believe that all oh, these girls are just falling all over me. And like, RL's probably like, yeah, boys will love that. And girls just fight over boys. All girls do is fight That's over all boys, or they in. cook, or they cook, or they cook. That was more of a Pike thing, right? But girls are cooking in this spaghetti. She oh, makes spaghetti. Yeah, they make that and fucking spaghetti, spaghetti comes in. Um, one with the it's in the the cat gets cooked in the spaghetti. Oh my god! Uh, which one was that? Dead girlfriend, dead boyfriend, dead, yeah. dead girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah because yeah, I yeah. remember because that was the one where the cat was cooking, and then um, no one noticed the cat was being boiled. And I, I, my main concern is how did not anyone smell that? Yeah, boiling what, meat yeah. smells terrible. That was the discussion. Oh yeah, it's on bad. the podcast. But that's not what we're here to talk. About. No, it's not. Um, I so you said that you read the first two read the first when two. you were eleven. Yes. When did uh, that like you have a history with these kinds of books? When was that the first kind? That, what am I trying to say? 
You read these books as a kid. Yes, I read Was a lot of R.L. Stein as a kid. I read all of the Goosebumps, like the original Goosebumps, uh, except I was trying to find, I think it's called How I Learned to Fly. It's another one where it's just like, yeah, Whoa. I just never got that one. Hmm. But like, I read them all probably because at the same time I was starting to buy like comics mm-hmm. every month and the appeal of a monthly book, like it just made sense yeah, to me. Yeah. And my parents, uh, my grandparents too, everyone would, big readers in my family and i think like too they're like all right well there is you know we're not you don't get every toy you want because you need to learn restraint uh but when it was books hey that's reading you know and reading is fundamental yeah (laughs) that's true i'm not thinking about it like my parents like we whatever books i wanted they would try and help me find them i think that's a good rule I think so, too. If a kid likes to read, let him read. Yeah. A little more conflicted with comics, though. Like, there was some of that with comics, but still, but it was also probably because it was just hyper-violent trash. Uh, The comics of the 90s were not the most thoughtful by and large. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. So when did you first start reading Goosebumps? I think uh, uh, I have a very specific memory of my mom. Like, when I was either, you know, finishing second or third grade, they would get me a little, like, gift every year at the end of the school year and and it was a stack of goosebumps books and i just remember sitting on my bed and going like oh wow (laughs) something happens at the end of every chapter all these cliffhangers (laughs) oh my god i speaking of those cliffhangers so two things about this trilogy one this this is doing the thing that we've wanted him to do a lot which is commit to supernatural and kill people. And kill people. Yeah. He kills Does people. It. And so, and a lot of times I kept thinking like, oh, and the, like he pulled his hand out of the uh, garbage disposal. And, and then it was it, fine. Yeah. And yeah. then it would like next chapter, I was afraid it would be like, and he laughed because he's such a prankster and ever, yeah, like whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like, and then the blood kept coming out yeah, and his and fingers it was were everywhere. Off. And I, I was like, yeah. damn, what the shit? This is crazy. Yeah, when I said the main horrors were uh, goo and garbage disposals, the, it, there's also the horrors of like death and blood puddle pools and pools of blood. Pools and like and there's some gruesome and getting trapped in a void dimension within the house, like poltergeist. Yes, yes only to be found that years was the later. As a little the child to me, yeah, is the only little child. brother James yeah. and and little cubby. puppy cubby. Too many I'm two animal so deaths. Glad not there was not an. an Animal death in, in the third one. Cubby and Ezra. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. R.I.P. Just Hollywood out. people, you know? The real yeah, animals. Them. Oh, yeah. my God. The real <laughs> That See, the thing is, the the third one was so... And, uh, you know, well, so Scream was probably... Well, when do we think Scream? Because it, it felt a very, like, screamish thing to be like, well, now we're doing a movie about... Uh, about oh, the thing that originally... Good. I was like, where oh. is... Yeah. Let's Our girl Nev Campbell. Oh, good. Up. Yeah, because it was that feeling is interesting. So that is Scream <gasps> Three. Is that the one that they, where they make no, the movie? This is ninety four. This is that pre-date? predates wow. by a good so well like, Scream. Few years. Yeah. Oh yeah, this like, would maybe be five years. Yeah, because Scream One is not about movies, but then what is it like three where they're like we're gonna make a movie about the thing I think that it's the happened. Second one, maybe. Yeah. Two or three. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. uh, Courtney Cox wrote a book about what happened. Yes. And then they made a new movie. Yeah. Um, okay. So why don't we try and like break it down? Break it down. 
We can give super, super basic. Should we do it? No commentary? No commentary, no commentary. Oh, what if there's a lot? To <laughs> there's too much. Oh, I don't think we could go beat we by going beat on these books. Chronologically, book by book. I'll just that. So I'll do what I'm thinking we is like the only thing I think we need to do to lay it all out at once. Yeah. And then we can okay. get into it book by book. Great. Book one is about twin sisters, Callie and Cody, and their parents and their little brother James. They move into 99 Fear Street. They get the house from a guy named Mr. Lurie, and it turns out it's evil because Simon and Angelica Fear buried all the bodies of the people they tortured, and then they built a house on top of it, and deaths happen. Eventually, Callie gets taken, dies, and she's then an evil ghost in the house. Book two is a teen boy named Brant, and his parents move in. They've been living on the yeah. island of Mopolo. Oh, God. Yes, Mopolo. This, oh, Mopolo. yeah. Okay, this, I forgot about this. this well, and there's no a lot commentary, of, no commentary, I'm sorry, I'm no sorry, commentary. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And, no commentary, no commentary. And they move in, and he's he's got, like, three chicks after him. We've got Abby, we've got she, Ginny, she. and Ginny. we've got Meg. Meg. And it turns out Abby is the ghost of Callie, who's trying to get her, him to stay with her forever, but very surprised twist at the end. Turns out Brant's fucking dead. Yeah. Their pa- he yeah. died and their parents went and saw like a witch doctor. Yeah, no commentary, no commentary. These no white people went to go see yeah. these like uh, n- uh, native people that did uh, some kind of magic. Voodoo magic. Yeah. Uh, so like fill in no the commentary, commentary, no yourself. commentary, no commentary, no commentary. Took a drifter's life force yes. and put it in Brant's. Uh, body yeah. and so, Bran like, is technically a zombie. Was still there, yeah. His soul, also, and he had to wear like a hair, hair and, like, and nails. toenails of the guy around his. Which, like, neck. oh, I'd rather be dead. So anyway, like the life. Okay, no commentary. The, no commentary. So the the ghost of the drifter <laughs> comes and he's like, "Bitch, give me my life force back." Takes the like takes his hair and nails back, and then Brent. Brant immediately rots to death in front of Callie, and Callie's like, motherfuck. Third book happens. Yes. Cody is back to make a movie about what happened in the first book. No commentary, no commentary. No commentary she no is commentary. playing her dead sister she in is a playing movie. Callie. No commentary. An actress named Persia is playing Cody, and she's super pissed about it. Cody's having a little relation with the guy playing Callie's love interest in the first book, whose hands Hand gets torn apart by a Anthony. Anthony. Hand got torn apart by the garbage disposal. Mm -hmm. Oh, also, first book, you should know that their little brother James and his puppy Cubby got trapped in a void dimension within the house. They could hear them talking, but they couldn't find them. In the second book, Brant finds James and Cubby's skeletons in the walls. That's super creepy. So back to the third book. All these accidents are happening. Goes to Cali, fucking shit up. Then all of a sudden, Cody's like, Oh, wait, you were getting controlled by uh, the housekeeper, I'm, Mrs. Nordstrom, who always yeah. showed up, and the, and um, the handyman. Guy, Jenkins? Handyman, Mr. Hankins. 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 And, and the real estate agent, Lurie. Mr. Lurie. And, and as soon as Cody tells Callie that, Callie's like, oh, I totally see it. Run, run, run. The explosives from the movie set blow up, and the house blows up, and everybody's safe. Those are the three books. And yes. so now we can yeah. 
jump around and talk about the first book. Okay. Uh, here's my, okay. So the first book, here's my big thing about the first book. Yes. The first book is predicated on a ghost committing massive real estate fraud. Yeah. Yes. Because yes. he sells it. Well, all three of the books. He's constantly selling yeah. that house. Jason, yeah. Jason Laurie is constantly selling the house. Well, he, I think he's, is he renting it to the movie crew? No, First off, like, the movie stuff is is bananas, bananas. But also, some of it is very on point. Uh, but some of <laughs> mostly, it's crazy. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, he he sells it to Callie and Cody's father, Callie. Cal, do you think it's Callie? I hundred percent think it's okay. Callie. C A L L Y. The L L. I think it's the hard A. Okay, Callie. Callie. Uh, uh, yeah. So he sells it to the father and. You're thinking, oh, well, they just moved in. Surely they could get their money back, but then they can't find this man. But you don't just, who is this family that just bought a house with a cashier's check? Yes. Sight unseen. Also, they don't even have a mortgage. Yeah, they don't have a mortgage. There's no bank. There's no bank. Where's the bank that they mortgaged the house through? And you don't just pay in cash. That's the thing. So are we expected to believe that dad dad and mom paid full cash and like, clear they own this house. And I don't care if all your savings is gone. You still got at least one income coming in. But what is move it? We never city, find out. Oh, yeah. What do mom apartment? and dad do? We don't know what their mom and dad do. We know I what Brant's dad does. Isn't He's there a something prof- about there's a college nearby? Oh, that's, that's Brant's dad. Brant's dad is a uh, dad uh, is studies a, rituals and rit- artifacts. Specifically, and he believes in magic. No, specifically, he's, oh, he's, an, magic. he's he studies ritual magic. It was mm-hmm. like they, like capital R, capital M. Yeah. Ritual, ritual magic. magic. As though yeah. that is a field of study. Yeah. But being after being in the field for years, he On the takes, island of Mopolo. Uh, Mopolo. <laughs> mm-hmm. He takes a teaching job at a community college? In Shadyside. In Shadyside. Shadyside. That's because the thing, you, it's like mean girls. They want him to have a high school experience. It is. It is weird, though, that like, that like he he's been living in the bush for years and his first job back is a community college job you would think he would be at a at a university yeah and why is brant so normal Brandt, i mean yeah. by normal i mean like american normal yeah Brandt why also is he so standard american normal passable at basketball <laughs> despite yeah. leaving oh. yeah he's living all right. in the woods uh yeah and also for some reason as a dead person he bruises easily but yeah. heals quickly but he, he doesn't have quickly. any blood i know well yeah, i think he does but it's just sitting right it's not moving i thought oh, it was a hemophilia i thought it was going to be revealed it I was, thought a it was hemophiliac. a hemophiliac i will say uh just as the music in, in mario brothers 2 is terrific <laughs> book two had the best twist Maybe the only twist, too. It had the twist, yeah. That, that I, Brant was dead all along. I literally put the book down and was like, what? I laughed yeah. out loud. Yeah, I was, was like, what? I was like, he's dead already? Are you joking? <laughs> also, so it's so funny because the parents keep being like, well, your condition. And if we are I to- knew that condition was going to be ridiculous. But also, like, he's immortal. He gets chopped in the head by a freaking axe and he's fine. So what are they talking about his condition? Just like, don't let anyone see your little necklace. Well, they were like, you can't, you have to be careful because you can't get injured. And that's going to raise suspicion. Well, or but he gets you can't super die. injured, but it heals. But all everyone is skeptical yeah. of ghosts, except the kids. 
But Brandt's family witnessed their child coming back from beyond the yeah. grave. Yeah. His father studies this. Why does the father not do a ritual to cleanse the house? That's what I thought when mm. when when we when we question. opened the book too, and they were like, Oh, Brandt's dad studies ritual magic. I was like, Oh, cool. We'll see like a fight of magic. But we don't see that. Dad has no like they're not the ones able to do magic. I know, but I yeah. thought maybe he would know. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I mean, oh, yeah. I just it mean sucks. like, yeah, they're not the ones able to do magic. Yeah. Which it, it yeah. makes it more boring. What it means is that he instead has like a bunch of masks and spears and blow darts. <laughs> and on Ezra his wall. dies fucking immediately. Like page three. The cat. One of the spears yeah. falls through the cat, stabs it, it dies. And everybody, his parents act like, oh, well, it was old anyway. Yeah, he's like, do you want a new one? And he's like, "Uh, I can hold off for a bit. And then when Cubby disappears, the uh, Labrador puppy in book one, when Cubby disappears and they just hear him howling. Yeah. Why aren't they like James is the only one concerned that their puppy has gone missing. First of all, everyone hates Cubby. Dog has gone missing. Why is James the only one having a normal human reaction because the house was full chaos i was laughing so hard during that part the dog is screaming <laughs> the kids are screaming the mom is like running around like both the girls are like there's a ghost like everyone's screaming running up and down the stairs it was like ultimate chaos i loved that part it was very funny book one i think is the one with the most substance like, yeah that for is sure. the one I I mean the yeah the dynamic of the sisters yeah I think it's the most exciting one yeah and it's the scariest I, for sure too it is yeah and it is the scariest because we don't know anything about the house like once once it's kind of cooking the series you kind of know like the house is going to uh, start uh, ruining everyone's lives yeah, yeah. that first one I like, would have liked it not to keep repeating the same things it always did yeah like yeah. rats goo. Garbage disposal, spears. Well, it was the just rats like very repetitive. Are because oh, the rats. twist turns I didn't out that the housekeeper all. and the handyman and Mister Lurie are rats. So when Which, they get there, like thought, immediately when when they get there in the first book, this guy with a mustache shows up like immediately, Mister mm-hmm. Hankins. Hankins, yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm a handyman in town. Do you want me to come by and fix your, do you have anything that needs fixing? Keep me in mind. And they're like, you can fix things now. Yeah. And then this housekeeper shows up named Mrs. Nordstrom. And she's like, oh, do you need a housekeeper? I'm a housekeeper. They're like, great, we'll hire you now. Yeah. They show up again in book two. In book one and book two, never talks about them. They're just there. It doesn't go into like it's why the they just con. show up. It is it's a, the long it's, they're not con, but planting seeds. Yeah, it, which is interesting, but the payoff is nil. And because and then no they're one, just rats. No one gets referrals either. <laughs> they show up in book yeah. three too, and, and no one's like, like, "Oh, can I talk to?" No some one mentions employers? it. Yeah, and and they have no contact info for them. They just show up and keep showing up. Uh, yeah. I mean, book one, like, yeah, book one really eases you in, where it's like they're literally moving in. And one of the girls feels like she's been pushed and drops a box of plates mm-hmm. and breaks them. So it starts with like Callie. Yeah, Callie it starts getting little stuff with that. Callie, who's got like, you know, the world on a string. Callie, Callie's the hero. Oh my God. Um, Callie sucks so much. Except Cody was annoying. Cody is also very a bummer. Like, yeah. But like, so <laughs> the very Callie first. Callie did suck though. Callie. The very first. So I'll just do the couple of things where I was like, 
Kelly blows. Um, first is like right when they get there. I think the street was named after one of the town's early settlers, Mrs. Fraser repri- replied fretfully, still studying the roadmap. It was named after Mr. Street, Kelly joked. She took pride in her sense of humor. She was always cracking jokes and making puns. It was one of the ways she differed from her twin. Cody was smart and quick, but she didn't have much of a sense of humor. And I was like, Callie, you're not funny. You will never be funny. She's not you, that funny. you have never lived within a mile of funny. I was definitely white knuckling it during that line. Yeah. And I also highlighted that too. Yeah. Um, I believe shortly thereafter, they uh, eat a breakfast of cold cereal on a plate, yep. which is one of the most <laughs> unintentionally upsetting things I've ever read. Oh, we'll it go to the really- grocery store later. Eat the cereal on a plate. Also, cold cereal is. Do, do they mean as opposed to oatmeal? As opposed to hot cereal, which is what which is basically some oatmeal. Old people call I, oatmeal. I think yeah, it's a yeah. lot right? more common. I, I've heard old people call like, oatmeal cereal, hot cereal. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think, I think it got called cold cereal probably up until like the nineties. At which point, really? we all just yeah. started calling it cereal. cereal. You still see it at like. D- diners that have been there yeah. for decades. Yeah. Right mm-hmm. now then. Okay. So they're, yeah, they're eating just, so I'm to assume it's like cher- Cheerios, milk, milk on, on a, a plate. paper plate. They don't have to eat that. <laughs> no, they don't have to eat that. I don't know why eat they're eating cereal like, out of the box. Yeah, seriously. Or, or put it on a plate. Sure. Don't put Use milk. a cup. Yeah. I mean, it, well, their options are limited because Kelly dropped that box of China. Their best China. Their best China. Well, that doesn't mean they have other dishes then. I know. Here's the thing. Mom was like, I, I can't family. find. They're, but that the I Frasers. think that's how those those three rat people, they they get, they take advantage of the fact that you are. Like, Discombobulated. Yeah, because everything's going wrong. The branch falls down, almost hits Callie. People are getting shoved by ghosts. Um, oh, I had a question about dad being stabbed. Yeah. The dad. Oh yeah, the dinner. He get, well, the he famous gets sliced dinner. in the side. Yeah, what? Yeah, happens the there? Okay. I'm confused about this because they try to replicate it in the movie. Uh, in the third one in yeah. the movie, I think what he's doing is like leaning. Uh, this is a, not a visual medium. I don't know. I'm just doing this for the people in the room. But I think he's, he's like got, got his knife. arm up for this giant cut. roast. Yeah. This mm-hmm. giant delicious roast. roast. Yeah. Uh, which that's, you know, when you move in and you're like, all right, day two or three, let's get that roast on the table. Like, yeah. <laughs> we had cold cereal on a plate for breakfast. We're having a roast, roast for dinner. dinner. Okay. Yeah. So, so what's he doing? So I like, think he, he was kind of like, he's going to winding slice. up almost. Maybe so I think he went back, back and the ghost kind of like pushed, angled it. Callie. She, he, the ghost pushes Cody or Callie and then it slides doing like a gash in his side. I totally thought he got freaking impaled. No. So I was like, how's no, he, he okay? It was like a gash in his side. But the, it was the father gets it the worst to, oh, of my God. all three of these books. He gets well, stabbed. He Callie gets blinded. Dies. He, <laughs> Yeah, but she had it coming from the hubris of confidence. That's true. That's true. I, while we're on the subject, I'm going to read the diary entry where I went, oh, Callie's a shithead. Dear Diary, I wish I could tell you how happy I am and how much I love my new house, but I can't. I never expected such a run-down, dark, gloomy, tacky place. And then I'm going to, like, skip a bit. Cody seems just as miserable as I am. James is the only one who's the least bit excited. But that's James. He gets excited about a new flavor of bubble gum. Confession time. All day I kept thinking about Rick. 
I've been in Shadyside only one day and I miss him already. I wonder if he's been thinking about me. A couple of times I started to tell Cody how much I missed him, but I caught myself in time. <laughs> I keep forgetting that Cody went out with Rick first. I keep forgetting <laughs> that she accused me of stealing him away from her. I mean, they went out on one date and it was Rick's choice to start seeing me. I didn't force him or anything. Poor Cody. I hope she'll have a better time here in our new town. She has such a messed up attitude, always blaming me for her problems. I hated that she's so jealous of me. What am I supposed to do? Callie, you fucking cunt. She does suck. I will say, though, that every time freaking Cody was like, how come you get all the guys? How come? When you say that to somebody, what are they supposed to say? I'm sorry, but she stole a guy out from underneath sure. her sister. So, yeah, from then on, I'm going to be like, you get everything, I get nothing. Oh, but why put someone in that position? Because then they're then what are they going to say? Because fuck her. She has all the guilt coming. She uh, should feel guilty and terrible, terrible about listen, herself all the time. She can't help it. She's perfect. Maybe I just identify with her. God, you fucking, <laughs> you fucking little Callie. I mean, she also gets the job gets at the killed. store for couples. Oh, uh, okay. Couples, couples clothing. <laughs> Couples what? clothing. Uh, and for, yeah, when I read that, I was Did like, you I like that part because that part is amazing. I, and I, I forgot think I have it. it. It's so weird. And also, like, she, she, her outgoing nature gets her a job within like hours of looking. And yeah. Cody's like, well, I didn't find anything. And it's like, well, it sounds like you moved in the middle of the summer. Yeah. And like, yeah, you're probably not going to find anything. So, like, yeah, it is a nice job to help you. The your end dad, of the summer. Like, you know, she comes around. Paint the house. She she by the third book, she's really matured. Cody. Yeah, it's been a couple years. Yeah, she's matured oh, yeah. by uh, yeah. grief like, and she did yeah. a one year Age. long acting program and got cast in yeah. a major motion. It, uh, let's let's a one year long acting. Not even. Yeah, the timing is insane. Acting on that. school. She's launched um, into star. Here we go. Uh, uh, Kelly nodded. Callie? Callie. Callie. I keep saying her. It's because um, of the two L's. Callie. 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 Um. Callie nodded. A wide grin spread across her face. I got a pretty good job, she told her sister. It's in a boutique called Too Cute. Huh? Too Cute? What's that mean? Cody demanded, fiddling with her bangs. <laughs> it's supposed to be a clothing store for couples. Too. Get it? Too Cute? Cody stuck her finger down her throat and pretended to puke. Yeah. I was like, yeah. same yeah. Cody. Same, same. Also, okay, here's my issue I with I have this. never heard of such a place. No. But when, so when, the only way that you'd be like, what does that mean? Is if you know the spelling of too cute. Agreed. Because if someone just says, oh, it's called too cute. I'd be like, okay, it's oh, a it's store. it's very cute. Yeah. Like, oh, that's too cute. But only if you see the W are you like, huh? Yeah, that's true. That bugged me. But Still. It, what is this place? Okay, so what is like what is couples outfits? This is I mean, they never really go into it because they're doing inventory for so long. Yeah, for days. She never starts. She never goes and to work. So I have to give him credit, Mr. Stein, because <laughs> this does sound like uh uh not to rip uh podcast sponsors, this does sound like a bullshit startup that would sell ads on pot. Like, do you like dressing <laughs> like your significant other? Check out too, <laughs> too cute. cute. Yeah. Use promo code creeps. Yeah. I feel like I've seen people wear these kinds of clothes. Uh when I I you know when people do that thing, and it's usually in like Hawaii where like the lady will wear mm. a dress of a pattern and the and guy, then the guy has wears a the shirt. shirt of the pattern, and then the kids each have 
I guess that is a that thing. style. But it's a whole yeah. store of that? But it's a whole store. And how big Just is the population that? of Shadyside? Like, I could see that being in a neighboring it's not city. Very it's not very big. But also, it is apparently so popular within Shadyside that it takes days, days to, to do, do inventory. inventory. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first book, again, filled with some truly upsetting stuff. Yeah. But that brings me to, maybe you guys have talked about this before, uh, 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 on other Fear Street episodes, has mm-hmm. anyone just called out, man, a lot of weird shit happens here on Fear Street. Yeah, well, everyone. Every, well, yeah. I mean, everyone in the books talks about yeah. it. Everyone. All yeah. the books, they're like, Fear Street? What a Who weird would name, name a street Fear? Like, well, it all began with Simon, Simon Fear. Fear. And then it gets we get a little bit of exposition about how yeah. Simon Fear was evil. Uh, like, that's that was the quote when she goes, who is it named after? Mr. Street? Oh, right. Yeah. Hilarious. It's, that was one of her like, every book. I, I guess I just wanted Anthony to go a little further. And it's like, yeah, I've heard bad stuff about your house. And uh, also every other house. Uh, let me tell you about the dead cheerleaders. And yeah. The, uh, it's the all localized. But they, do, and, they talk about how weird stuff happens on Fear Street. Okay. And everybody's afraid to go there. However, and I think you and I have talked about this off the podcast, is like, why are you leaving it called Fear Street? Name it something else. Yeah. Name it something else. Uh, I know you can't change what's happening. Kinglewood Lane. But the fact that you also have it called Fear Street forever. Shady Street. Even yeah, Shady, Shady yeah. Street is there better. Yeah. The Also, when... Death Street or well, Don't Live Here Street. When they explain... If you're going to go that far. I know. Stay away. Yeah. Uh, the way they explain it, too, where they're like, well, it's like... People are like, Fear Street, blah. And they're like, well, it's named after Simon Fear, who was evil and blah, blah, blah. a town settler. Which is like, that doesn't make it less like creepy or scary. It's like this evil person who like killed people named Simon Fear. This street is named after him. And also weird stuff happens here. That all seems to make sense and make it worse and make you not want to go there. Mm -hmm. But they seem to be like, well, don't worry about it. It's Who is the mayor of Shadyside? I wonder if that's in a book. Oh, God. The aldermen's are just ghouls. Maybe it's They're like just... the mayor in Buffy. Yes. Oh, Evil right. mayor. Trying to ascend. What if he's a fear? Uh, I have a punch-up for like that. Callie's joke. Okay. Uh, is oh, it about good, the good. street thing? Yeah. Good. Okay, cool. And she says, oh, what is it? Is it called Simon Street? That would be That's really a better funny. joke. That would be right? funny. Because they say it's named after like oh. Simon Fear. Or they, I guess they don't say the first no, name. No, they don't say Simon eh. Fear. That's why Darn. I was like, huh? No. It would it be funny yeah, if, they, if everyone knew the history already. That would be a better joke to make, yes. Yeah. Because yeah. then it's street. It's like, all right. I mean, I see what you're doing. <laughs> like, I see how it is in the pattern of a joke. It's just not funny. Yeah, yeah, she's not very funny. It's just even a smart-ass teen yeah. thing to say. And and as an adult, you hear those sorts of things. Go like, I know I used to do this, but also please shut, shut up. up. <laughs> she's like, I pride myself on my sense of humor. I know. You little shit. But I would like to read the most disgusting scene in the first book. Although I do think it's maybe more disgusting in the third Chunky green liquid, as sour-smelling as vomit, poured out of the faucet, plopping into the sink. It ran down Kelly's cheeks, dripped onto her neck, then onto the front of her nightshirt. Uttering a low wail of horror, she tried to wipe it off with both hands, but her hands were also covered in the disgusting, thick goo. She stared as the green chunks plopped into the sink. Oh, Kelly groaned. The smell was overpowering. Her stomach lurched. 
She bent over and began to vomit. Callie, are you sick? Callie, Cody burst into the bathroom. She let out a groan as the putrid odor invaded her nostrils. Oh, Callie moaned and retched again. And then, like, it's getting in their mouth. They're and slipping they're constantly on it. retching. I thought, okay, here's the thing. The way that scene, I think that scene's great. That's mm-hmm. an amazing scene. The way they want to shoot it in the movie, where they're like, Is oh, insane. let's do it in the attic. Which, why? The the creepy thing is that she's it's like coming out of the coming faucet. out of the faucet and she puts it on her face. I don't know how you can get that done in an attic because how else are you going to make it like the scene in The Shape of Water where the attic <laughs> fills yeah with goo to the point where they're swimming and as in The Shape of Water ignoring the fact that there would be a billion little crevices yeah yeah for the goo to slip out of well the goo is like more viscous than water we'll say still there'd be like under the door yeah. it's an old house so well it's all magic right like the house is doing it the house Fair. was let, yeah. making them not open the door Fair. and shit that a couple things about the goo the goo in the attic i mean that is the thing i think they nail in the third book that people who work in the movie industry uh by and large normal regular nice people but there is a significant collection of dumbasses and psychopaths or sociopaths <laughs> yeah. uh as most of the crew are in this uh or most of the crew is nice and then like there's a dumbass producer and a dumbass director and an evil um, actress and an evil actress mm-hmm. who's and really nice fucked actor. up Dude, uh, she's the director's like messed up she kind of messed up she the director's is pretty messed up uh, but the other thing the is director's that director's desperate and stupid. Going back to the well, the goo is monster blood, right? I We're think talking so. goosebumps. Goosebumps We're monster blood. Monster blood. Yeah, I it's think so. green goo that's constantly Unfamiliar. menacing people. Yeah, there's four, at least four oh. monster blood books. I guess uh, so. I think so. Yeah, that makes sense now. Because I was I like, never what is goosebumps. it? I thought maybe it was just like weird decay stuff. But now that you mentioned that. Monster Blood. Yeah. I think Monster Blood has more flubber-like properties Ew. as well. But uh, yeah, it's, it's oh, you mean in that it turns a nerdy professor into a slick guy? Oh, I wish. Wait, <laughs> is that what happened with flubber? Isn't that flubber? No, that's isn't the nerdy that, professor. Isn't the same? <laughs> I think Robin Williams isn't ends up with Robin someone Williams? in flubber. Um, I think it's a happy accident that he ends up with someone, but it doesn't make him suave. I no, think I was thinking. Nutty professor, he turns from a professor to a suave guy. Yeah, that's I directly. I thought the flubber did it. I mean, I think the flubber he ends How, up looking like a hero, a good guy. guy. No, he's kind of just like like he's like I a bumbling. You. I'm just confused now. Yeah, he's like a bumbling, like you know, absent-minded professor, and then he makes the flubber, and it. What does the flubber do? That's the what I'm looking at. Kind of a, it kind of it can bounce. I think it can become really hard and really soft. So like the goo. The you later like, goo kind of applies, like flubber rules kind of apply. Yeah, right. Where it's like, is is flubber not a remake of an older? It is a remake. It is yeah. okay. Both that and Nutty Professor are remakes, aren't they? Nutty yeah. Professor. Yeah, that's funny. And I believe everyone ends up with a happy ending at the end, and they come out looking like the hero, that sort of thing. But not directly in flubber, like. It might make him it's rich, not, I think. But it doesn't but I don't, make or him maybe like, stops. And more respected, maybe. Because he wasn't yeah. respected before, right? He wasn't respected. Although that and that might be the bad guy. Uh, uh, the bad guy tries to profit off the flubber and he's got to stop right. him. Because um, the flubber is sentient. Yeah, the too, flubber. Right? 
Yeah. It's like a little guy at some yeah, point. It's, it's like, like a the, little... I got they, confused because it's Nutty Professor, and then originally Flubber was called Absent-Minded Professor. And so in my mind, and they're both Disney, oh, I think. Oh, yeah. And so they got mixed up in my brain. Yeah. I thought they were both the <laughs> same thing. Oh, my no. gosh. Oh, that's the original. Okay. The yeah, original now I Flubber see. is... Um, the absent-minded, absent-minded professor. professor. Yeah. Apparently based on a real guy. But yeah, R.L. Stein <laughs> has a history with with using green goo. Yeah. The title um, character was it. based yeah. in part on Hubert Aaliyah, a professor emeritus of chemistry at Princeton University who is known as Dr. Boom for his explosive demonstrations. Dr. Boom. Dr. Boom. <laughs> Sorry, that's why I had to keep reading. I thought you were going to say uh, loosely based on Humbert Humbert. <laughs> Uh, I am that a little bit went over my head, but uh, oh, that's a guy in uh, Lolita, right? That's the main oh, character, yes. Lolita, that James Mason plays. Yes, it is. You just started saying Hugh, and I was like, "Is Hubert. that the name of the Lolita?" Uh, never mind. <laughs> uh, so I guess let's let's talk about the father because the father father gets at the worst shit. I mean, the father is yeah. losing his he's mind. Losing, he he's does talking a full constantly. like Jack Torrance well, shining, cracking yes, up by the end of this book. Three bloody bloody heads. Yeah, disemboweled. That's not the right word. Disembodied like, heads. He just ripped off of the yeah, ripped off of the um of the bodies. They're just upstairs in the attic. There's so much blood that it's coming through the attic and like raining down on the mom. Um, they're also all being gaslit by this house. Yeah, constantly. So he's like experiencing like psychological warfare and like see- seeing things that then go away. Um, he gets stabbed. He gets blinded by a cloud by ghost evil cloud. cloud. Yeah, evil cloud. I wanted more evil. Actually, we got plenty of evil cloud in the second book, but in the so third much evil book, cloud. You didn't really see again to go back to the shining when the Overlook Hotel blows up in the book. The shining. They don't blow up, blow up the hotel in the movie. But they blow up the the yeah. hotel and like a spirit, like a, the evil kind yeah. of emerges and dissipates mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. We never really see that. I guess the equivalent is the three, the housekeeper, the real estate agent and um, Hankers uh, uh, the, become rats. They well, devolve. No, that, no, they, the rats. That fully they're happens. burning. They burn and like you can see like figures burning. Okay. Yeah. yeah. For fully a second. Happens. For a second. And right. then later. In the video. In the video. Oh, sister says bye. <laughs> Ca- yeah, Callie waves uh, uh, goodbye. But there's not like mm-hmm. a, a real satisfying, like, I am the source of evil. Like, no, no it's no. just Simon and Angela. Jason Laurie is just like a very mild Harold Hill, like, slick salesman guy. I also want the one person I, you only get to see in the, the book, the first book that I wish came back. Is the town historian? Loved that oh, guy. Yeah, yeah. he had everything. He in his was noggin. great, he and everything. he was kind of charming. Yeah, he never shows up again, and that would have been really helpful to everybody in book three. Honestly, oh yeah, here book we go. Three. I mean, by the end of book three, I wish, I wish this didn't involve reading three books because I feel like this is a great uh, lesson to improv students. Is is teaching them uh, heightening? It's like, all right, here's you establish. <laughs> A funny idea in the first beat uh-huh. of uh, uh, a show of uh, the Harold. In the second beat, 
You kind of come at it from a different angle. That's Brant. The third beat, you really blow it out. And they certainly blow it out in the third book because everyone's mm-hmm. acting like a lunatic and the accidents get worse and worse. And mm-hmm. the house literally blows, blows up. And the house blows up. Yeah. Uh, here is the part where the house blows up. Squinting into the fiery red brightness, she began to see dark shapes. Rat bodies thrashing wildly, flying helplessly in the raging flames. Hundreds of rats shooting skyward in the fire, sizzling, burning as they flew. Cody felt her stomach heave, felt the disgust rise up in her, but she couldn't take her eyes away from the fiery sky, from the charred black rat bodies that flew over the roaring flames, and then human forms twisted up in the fire. Black shadows, the dark, tortured spirits of those buried under the house, men and women wailing and howling, thrashing in the flames as they rose higher, higher, and disappeared into the starless black sky. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, they're writhing. No, that's fully, I just yeah. all the rat stuff. I, the rat I wasn't stuff threw me. The rat I don't stuff. understand who Mrs. Nordstrom, Mr. Hankins, and who are they? Lurie's supposed to be. Well, Lurie is the original but dad then why of the is he house. A rat? Exactly. I don't think that the rat shit makes any sense. It doesn't. And also, theoretically, the other people who died in the house would be his family, would be his wife and children. Yeah, where mm-hmm. are they? But Nordstrom is not the wife. Mm-mm. We don't know. Hankers is just a why, wandering handyman. If, yeah. Callie, if Callie is still there, why aren't there any other Simon Fear victim ghosts? Oh, yeah. 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 Why doesn't there's why corpses there on other corpses. ghosts? Yeah. yeah. Unless the... I. This is a real leap, unless the other two are killed by Simon Fear in a different book. And this it's is a possible, huge but payoff. It but should be referenced. It should allude and to I think that. With yeah. how much these books recap other history, we would know. We would have known. Yeah. 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 Hey, guys, we're going to take a quick break from the show to talk to you about one of our sponsors for this week. Postmates. You've heard of them. You probably already love them. But in case you don't, now you will hear of them and then love them. I am always hungry. Same. And I love that Postmates just makes it easy for me to get out my little phone, bloop, bloop, blop, order my thing from anywhere, even places that normally don't deliver. And it's right to my door. So I don't get cranky anymore. Yeah. I mean, I do because of other things, but not because of hunger. Yeah. I'm super bad at taking care of myself, specifically when it comes to food. Um, So Postmates is very helpful. If you don't know it, it's an app. It adds a delivery option to everything. They'll go pick up everything, anything you want to eat, delivered. You don't have to drive. You don't have to park after you drive. You don't even have to talk on the dang phone. All you got to do is download the app and order 24 hours a day. Three, 65 days a year, Postmates will bring you what you want within the hour. You can even see where your food is and track your driver. Hey, did you forget to get something to the grocery store like everyone does all the time? You know what I forgot? Tampons. Oh, girl, you got to tamp that up. Yep. But you know what? You can Postmates that. You can. Oh, you know what? What do I want? What? A yummy little burger? A hot little burger? <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so, but my hot little burger can't be delivered normally. My hot but guess little burger what? butt wants a hot little burger. My dirty little hot little burger butt <laughs> no. wants a hot little burger in my mouth. And you know no. what? Normally at the hot little burger store, they uh-huh. say no deliveries. And then I say, but Postmates. And then they say, open your hot little burger mouth. Here comes a hot little burger. Toot toot. 
I squish squish love Postmates, but I do hate I hate the hot little burger store. You know what? To Which each is their why own. it's great that Postmates exists and I don't have to deal. You don't with have these to go there freaks. because they're disgusting. They're there. weird. They're but very you know what? weird. You can I be don't disgusting. like them and they're weird. You can be disgusting with a hot little burger in your house without anybody seeing you. Yeah. So if you want to be exactly those things, <laughs> Postmates is giving you $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. And to start your free deliveries, download the app today. Again, Postmates and use code TEENCREEPS. So again, use code TEENCREEPS, all one word, for $100 off free delivery credit for your first seven days. Save the hassle. Get the food you love fast at Postmates with code TEENCREEPS. Hey guys, we're going to take a quick break from the podcast to talk to you about our sponsor for this week, Tomboy X. What is Tomboy X? It is amazingly comfortable underwear that fits your body and how you see yourself. It's time to stop wearing underwear that doesn't make you feel confident. So this underwear is like extremely gender neutral and works on any body type. And they offer bikinis, briefs, boxer briefs, trunks and boy shorts, soft bras, racerback bras, in everyday basic colors, fun seasonal prints and brilliant colors, fun seasonal prints and brilliant colors, and all options come in extra small to 4X. So regardless of where you fall on the size or gender spectrum, Tomboy X offers amazing underwear that anybody feels comfortable in. Not just anybody, but anybody. 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 Uh, we got some Tomboy X stuff on the way. I'm very excited to get my uh super soft sports bra mm -hmm. and Looks soups comfy my sport uh i was gonna say sport shorts sport shorts uh boy shorts sounds like something that would exist and be on this site sport shorts <laughs> it's just comfortable underwear that's made to fit you and how you see yourself so if you want to take advantage of our teen creeps offer go to tomboyx.com slash teen creeps and check out their special bundles and pack pricing and you get an extra 15% off with the code Teen Creeps. So again, go to tomboyx.com. That's T-O-M-B-O-Y, the letter X, dot com, slash Teen Creeps, all one word, and check out their stuff, and then enter code Teen Creeps again on checkout. And now, back to the show. There is a fight that we haven't talked about yet yes. that was pretty long. I thought, and I took pictures of it. Is this, what book is this in? Book two. Okay. Scratch, scratch. Slowly, carefully, Brant reached for a straw broom he spotted on top of a box. The creature stepped out from behind a box. Brant narrowed his eyes at it. A fat raccoon. He uttered a relieved <laughs> sigh. Only a raccoon. But it attacked me, he realized. A raccoon wouldn't do that, unless something was wrong with it. Unless it had rabies. He stared at the raccoon. It was breathing hard. Its tail switched back and forth. Through the black mask on its face, it stared back at Brant and snarled. Oh no, Brant thought. It is rabid. The raccoon reared back on its haunches, preparing to spring again. Brant gripped the broom with both hands. If only I had one of Dad's spears now, he thought. The raccoon sprang. With a gasp, Brant batted at the animal with a broom. The creature let out an angry hiss as the broom knocked it back to the floor. Brant swung at it again. With a furious hiss, the raccoon swiped at the broom with its claws. Brant swung the broom. And again, <laughs> furiously, backing the creature to the wall, snarling angrily. The raccoon 
scrambled up onto the windowsill. It pulled back its lips and bared its pointy teeth at Brant. Brant jabbed the creature with the broom. The raccoon snatched at the broom with its teeth and caught it. Startled, Brant let the broom slip from his hands. It clattered to the floor. Brant started to reach for the broom, but stopped when he noticed the raccoon crouched low, preparing to jump on him. If he bent to get the broom, Brant realized, the raccoon could leap and sink its teeth into his neck. The raccoon <laughs> continued to utter its shrill, angry oh, hiss. Is long. <laughs> Spittle dripped from its mouth. Brant slowly backed away, his eyes locked on the animal. His leg hit something, a chair. With a startled cry, he stumbled and fell backwards. The raccoon sprang oh again. <laughs> Brant jerked himself up. He grabbed the chair by the leg, lifted it, and jabbed it at the spitting animal. The raccoon retreated to the windowsill again with a loud angry shout Brant heaved the chair at it the chair slammed against the wall the creature dived out the window Brant lunged for the window grabbed it by the top of the frame slid it shut and locked it good lord just it's a lot of a raccoon it's so much it's so low stakes yeah it's it's a real especially coming out of the first book yeah yeah and the dead cat I I don't know I feel like Brant's family Gets off easiest, yeah. Because oh, for sure, nothing is already happens. living already dead. on borrowed yeah. time. I feel like the parents both come out. Of, they don't really get. Do one of them get hurt in I some way? Maybe, no. but I mean, they're I, sad. It's like died. once Callie is the main ghost of the house, the house itself stops attacking people, and it's just Callie doing it. Yeah. Which is like guess, every time something bad happens, then it'll cut to Callie's point of view. And she's like, <laughs> I know, she's like, and just, I love watching you <laughs> miserable. Maybe your uh, comeuppance will be tomorrow. That's like a lot yeah. of her being like, well, maybe. Oh, well, see, I'm having so much fun torturing <laughs> you that uh, just you wait. I died tonight. Oh, yeah. my God. In her diary, <laughs> constantly. Coming it's so up. weird. I mean, that was that was spooky. I mm-hmm. mean, that was a it was good, spooky. Uh, that probably would have been great in the movie if yeah. they had made the yeah. movie. That would have been a real spooky moment, real yeah. spooky part of the ending. Um, but yeah, Brant's Brant's family comes out okay. Brant causes such damage in some young yeah. girls' social lives and uh, to a drifter. Yes. Yeah. So he Brant in it inadvertently. He doesn't mean to do this, but his parents kill a drifter for him, mm-hmm. have a drifter killed for him. Mm-hmm. He, two girls in his school get dart, blow darts in their necks and they suffer nerve damage. Oh yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. One of those two girls gets her arms sliced, right? It's the same, yeah. Where the glass like explodes. Oh yeah, the glass explodes. It's yeah. on her wrist. That is, I'm realizing now, is this the difference that like Lori is the driving factor in the first book? So it's an adult idea of horror, which is actually horror. And, and in the later books, mm. it's a, a petty girls? teenage girl. I feel like that's probably uh, giving yeah. too much credit. Uh, yeah, uh, I think he probably didn't think it out to that extent. But also some of the weird stuff is like caused by the weird shadow which is the drifter. The drifter. Yeah. So, oh, while we're talking about Brand and his having the life force of a drifter, Mm -hmm. they mention another incident that took place on the island. Do you guys remember what it was? Which one? Are we talking the the poison powder? Jaguar poison powder or jaguar crush on him? 13. Jaguar attack slash crush. Okay, yeah. 
Remember that old woman, Mrs. McCloy's ask? What was her name? Also, at the beginning of the book, they're doing that super obnoxious thing where they're basically going, so how long have we been brothers now? Where it's like they're all mm-hmm. just remembering things together and reminding each other of the details. It's very obnoxious. Love to talk about my memories with mm-hmm. my bro. Mm-hmm. Zena Brant replied, right, Zena, remember that day she disappeared? The whole island searched for her, but her daughter kept insisting Zena had turned into a panther. And she wanted me to trap the panther, Brant remembered. I never understood that. Why me? I was just a 14-year-old kid. Because of the prophecy, Brant's father explained. The village sorcerer said something about a young stranger coming to the island. A young stranger who could break the spell on Zena, and you were the only young stranger around. I always thought that girl made the prophecy story up. I think she had a crush on you. Mom, she was 20 years old. I was only 14. There was no way she had a crush crush on me. You never know, Brant, Mrs. McCloy teased. Different cultures and everything. That never came back. Nothing nope. about a prophecy no. ever came back. And I thought it was going to. It wasn't even tied in with the drifter story, which it easily could have been. Yeah. That was or, obnoxious. Uh, uh, Brant's mother being like real casual about statutory stuff. Yeah. 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 She's like saying <laughs> it's okay it in a racist way. She's yeah. like, well, you know, I don't know. Well, you other know. cultures will be other cultures. Mm-hmm. Different cultures and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Brant's family, like, come, come He doesn't have any siblings, easy. right? It's just him? It's just him. He, yeah. he certainly has the confidence of an only child. He does, he does. Uh, uh, yeah, but he, and and he doesn't really, I mean, he yelled, like, although like Cal- Kaylee. Callie. Callie and Cody. Like California. Yeah. Callie. Oh, that's good. Uh, uh, <laughs> he... Loves and as most R.L. Stein protagonists in trouble love yelling no with like yeah, seven yeah. O's yeah. or like oh or oh, like, yeah. like in um in book three the Callie Callie is that you Callie is that you come here Cody Callie I miss here, you come find me Callie right can here. I hug you Cody Callie. come here Cody Callie. I have something is to that show you, you. Callie, Cody it's me is come, it you I'll show you Cody I'm coming Callie I'm right here just follow can my voice hug me? Cody Callie I, just come in the basement Cody it's, it's nonstop. I need to make the movie <laughs> <laughs> my career I'm gonna be in director's jail and that's book three can we talk about all the fucked up shit that happens in book three sure yeah. Okay, so uh what's oh, first thing that happens is uh one of the crew it's one of the crew, right? Gets his fingers chopped off by the, the why garbage disposal. Earth, why on earth would you do they have keep it be a working garbage disposal out? It doesn't need it, to be there. You have the make the the special effects are within the disposal. Yeah. It would not be the case that the gears and the machinery of the disposal would still be in there. They would if gut there's that a rubber kitchen. glove, yeah, literally it would be just nothing. put a little it bag be, underneath it the would drain. Be a hole. Yeah, you don't. There wouldn't be yeah. like there's so much like so many that of the makes issues no sense. that they come up against are because they're just they're using a fully functional house. Yeah, and, and none of it is set. And they, they didn't even bought like no effort was made to guard the safety of anybody on set. No. Also. I mean, this. I said this stuff. I joked about the stuff they got right about Hollywood earlier. Mm-hmm. Here's what they got wrong: uh, no unions were called. Like this movie would have been yeah. shut down. Yeah. 
this would have been headlines and all the trades like fingers chopped off on location shoot mm-hmm. of weird horror movie like all of these someone would have called the union on a primitive 94 cell phone yes. immediately yeah. the yes. teamsters or sag Instead, or the makeup the, union the cops are there but yeah every union would have shut this production down yeah and and every the other thing too is everyone knows horrors have happened in this house yeah. and yet everyone is surprised by these every time insane things going wrong on a movie where again one of these things happening it would have been the biggest story of the year there was that that poor crew member yes. uh, was killed by a train yeah. a, a yes. few years ago making a, a fucking almond brother biopic or some nonsense yeah uh, yeah and that was like because it was as often happens like safety is the first thing that goes on when people are watching the money it's like mm-hmm. all right well it's i guess we got to do a 15 hour day yeah, and then and you, you have, have to drive a director home. who's not being careful yeah it's like oh they're real they're functioning railroad tracks yeah we can walk on them it's like are you out of your mind yeah, it would like, be like why didn't you get rid of the garbage disposal why didn't you take out the garbage disposal it's such an the easy whole movie would have been do. shut down yeah and yet, and also, yeah, like there's so many horrible, scary things are happening. And yet Bo is like, Cody, did you do this? And it's like, what? Wh- why would you like? I hate that. Oh, and they immediately in blame Me this too. first time actor yeah. who, who lived the who horror lived the of the movie. Yeah, that's the other thing. I know the thinking on PTSD and, and you know, uh, triggers and, mm-hmm. and all that has evolved greatly over time. But, but shortly still. in the <laughs> 90s, you are not, because they're just dragging a victim of trauma back to the place yes. of trauma. And it's like, all right, like make a movie. <laughs> when she showed up to audition, they would have been like, no, no, absolutely not. Well, also, no. here's my question. What are her parents thinking? Do you think they're like, I can't believe you would be in this fucking movie. She said she had many conversations with them, and I cannot imagine a world in which they're like, oh, the house that uh, melted your sister Mm -hmm. and uh, evaporated your brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe you should go back and face that. Not the dog. No one gives a shit about Cubby. No one gives a shit about Cubby. Cubby is a burden. Cubby was the only thing I was worried about. I was like, I'm worried about Cubby. Where is Cubby? And also James is correct to worry about him. And then it's just this child screaming from nowhere. Mommy, it's dark. Mommy, daddy, get me out of here. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, in their defense, the idea of moving your entire family to a new dirty house Mm -hmm. uh, uh, while experiencing horrors and then on top of that, you got to get your son a puppy that you had to train. That does sound foolish. That's one thing if you don't. It, it is a bad time to get a puppy. Yeah. You Which wait until you're settled but they in. they got Settle the in. puppy and the puppy is missing. Look for the fucking puppy. Yeah. Anthony Nothing did more. Nothing has gone yeah. so Anthony, wrong. <laughs> yeah. Anthony helped more. Nothing has gone so wrong at that point that they can't fucking take two seconds out of their day and actually help James look for Cubby. Yeah. Well, the dad's getting being too busy getting gaslit by the house. The mom... It's just is hiding. What is she doing? Doing, She's, st- doing yeah. mom stuff. Yeah. I don't know. She's cooking a lot. 
She yep. cooks a lot in this book. She does. She does cook. You're right. Yeah. She does cook. She does the, cook. The other thing I think that got uh with that was confusing to me was well, two things. First, this movie predicted the fifteen seventeen to Paris. The movie where the soldiers oh, yeah. stop the terrorists oh, on yeah. the train by playing, and then they, and then play, they play themselves in the movie. Yes. Um, the other thing is that the timeline is insane. The events of the first book happened two years before this. In that time, that means Cody has finished high school, went through some sort of acting program. They allude oh, yeah. to acting, acting yeah. something. School. Acting, acting school. school. Which I guess means like a Stella Adler Acting, actors no, I, I had no idea what that was. Like Barbizon so, for acting. <laughs> Did they she also discovered at a Vons? Is that the father? Find they finally got a job. Like they, that's their job. Is they sold their life rights to this movie? Who wrote the movie? We never see the writer. Uh, uh, how did it come about? I thought maybe she wrote about? a book about it. When the book started, I was like, oh, they're making a movie based on the book she wrote about her experiences. And now she's on set just as like the person. Well, that would make sense. Advising. But when she was in it and playing her dead sister, I was like, Oh, what? I know the, the fact that the fact that she did that, I was like, something's wrong. Yeah. You're, something's d- you're wrong. Ill. You're there's something wrong. You shouldn't want to play your dead sister in yeah. a movie. Yeah. And also, it's- I don't care how much publicity you're getting. The world would be like, what are you doing putting her in the movie? I know. That's well, insane. I mean, but that movie came out. The the soccer player guys. It is different, though. It's true. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. uh, one survivor of like a horrible takedown of a terrorist. Yeah, true, true, oh, true. yeah. It was your sister died horribly and now you're going to play, play your sister. Yeah, that's also weird. Like, your wouldn't you twin. want wouldn't you want the the movie star to play you would the lead the and the novice to just play? Oh, you're just playing yourself. So react as you did in the time. That's so much easier. Oh, my God. But now they're like, OK, well, just like try to remember what your sister was going through. <laughs> And just really try and bring that. And then she like opens the fridge in the kitchen at one point. Oh, the and and Callie's head is just in the fridge, like a a bust of Callie's head. Psychotic. It's like that's fucking crazy in the movie. And they're like, oh, we're so sorry you had to see that, but you were gonna have to see it eventually. They're like, they're like, like, are you okay? Like them constantly going, like, are you okay? You like, fucking no. idiot. <laughs> yeah, I'm like it's like it's okay. kind of like they're like, like Ew, are you um, okay? Are you okay? Can you not handle this? Why can't you handle this? Yeah. yeah and every time they say, Are you okay? It's implied that she should be. Yeah, that she's weak. Yeah. And Which not, a, she's not okay. A lot no. of them s- seem to be like eyeballing her, like, man, she's really fucking up this movie. Yeah. No one's making the connection, like Maybe this sick house like, of horrors is, is kill, doing it is again. real and killing people. Uh, okay, I, so who do you got? I let me ask. Uh-huh. Bo, the director. Yeah, uh-huh. who are you guys picturing playing him? If this, if this, if you turn this book into a movie, oh, hmm. uh, David Strait there. Okay, <laughs> who is that? He played he uh, was, uh, Edward R. Morrow in Good Night and Good Luck. He was Mr. Good Night and Good Luck. <laughs> um, 
He was the the absent-minded professor. I, I only ask because it seems like they he went to great pains to make him. It's like, well, he's a director, but he's wearing dirty pants well, and a first dirty I shirt. Was so things. I was sort of pick, like for a second, I was picturing Spielberg and then not. And it sort of jumped around. And then I only said David Strathairn just now because he is sounds like the same body type where he's like kind of tall and thin with like some stubble. And he's oh. like... He sometimes plays like very tired looking guys. Bradley Whitford. I was going to say mm. Robert Downey Jr. Like on the me- like late 90s. Like yeah. on the mend, hmm. maybe Robert Downey Jr. Is or, he a little young? Is he supposed to be kind of young? I, I, I think he's kind of young. I thought they kind of went to pains of him being like intense, but also a little weird, a little quirky. He was a little quirky. You know what part I was kind of scared when he and, and I was scared for him assaulting her. Uh, oh, he like grabs oh, yeah. her. Yeah. Come to he, my hotel yeah, room. Yeah, come to my hotel room. Which she's like, oh, he's just trying to intimidate me. I was like, girl, no. He's trying to like get on you. Yeah. Ugh. I thought for sure. I thought for sure. I was like, oh, no. Here and then I was like, oh, no. He's just um, uh, putting explosives in the and, basement. And then the producer. Well, first off, uh, someone forgets uh, the name of the guy who gets, gets his fingers mangled. Is it Rob? Yeah, yeah. Rob at the very Rob end of the book is like, like who is I'm that? sorry, And it's what? like, oh, it's the guy who got his fingers mangled. Here we go. Trying to force her breathing to return to normal, Cody studied Bo. He was a thin, intense, good-looking guy, about 35 or 40, with a high square forehead and long, straight salt-and-pepper hair pulled back in a ponytail. Mm. He always had a day-old stubble of whiskers on his chin and cheeks. He dressed the same every day. A gray sweatshirt, usually with a food stain or two on the chest. Disgusting. Baggy, wrinkled <laughs> yeah. chinos and brown Billy loafers without socks. Yeah, that might be it. Maybe. Billy Bob yeah. Thornton or like Matthew Lillard. And then he seldom removes mm. his blue glasses even at night. And I'm like, blue glasses? See, so, that's what made me think of Robert Downey. Yeah, I feel like he's played characters thing. with the sunglasses thing. Or I was trying to think of like who who is the quirky actor you get when you can't afford Robert Downey Jr.? The producer, the scummy, like, I feel like the... He's not scummy. I felt, was he a little scummy? Oh, oh the, the cigar guy. Yeah, the yeah, cigar that guy. guy. Sorry. That guy, I, I watched, uh, I had never seen this before. I watched All That Jazz last night. Mm. And there's the mm. sleazy producers just kind of watching most of the events of the movie. And I was uh-huh. like, that's what, one of, <laughs> that's what that that's cigar him. producer looks like. It's one of those guys. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, my my first thought was David Strather, and I was picturing him in Dolores Claiborne. He has a ponytail, I think, maybe, oh, or maybe yeah. just long hair. No, I think he just has long hair. But he like is sort of like grimy and gross. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what's the other? Oh, so uh, Rob's father is like a high powered L.A. lawyer. They allude to, and at Rob. some point, I think executive. oh right, executive, and, right? And they're he's like a Hollywood executive, yeah. Uh-huh. And they're like, if we don't get this movie shot, if we finds out about this, he's going to sue the production. Yeah, he should sue the production. Yeah. Everyone, everyone, should everyone sue. involved should, should sue, sue the, production. the production. Everyone should sue. As soon as the director grabs her, she should sue. Yeah, every the studio. She yeah. should be on the phone to SAG. Uh, yeah, everybody uh, should be calling should be their damn unions suing. to report all of these safety Everything. violations. This is like the Twilight Zone movie times a thousand. Yes. like once the once the face gets singed with the light. Oh, the camera crushing someone's skull. Like it went, it went through her head. Through her head. Through her head. Persia's stand-in, Joanna. 
when a camera is like supposed to pan down to them have supposed to, as like, a reaction shot in the boom. backyard like Callie loosened the screws on it and so it just like flew down and cut right into Joanna's face. The word impaled yeah. is used. And I yeah. was like, dang. So that, that was another one of my like, oh shit, this book's for real yeah. moments. Yeah. Uh, the stabbing too. When Persia's, when <gasps> when yes! fake I Cody stabs that. Persia's hand. And per, in Persia's yeah, so, defense, even if that was a prop knife, like a fake knife, it would have yeah. Hurts like yeah, slam, you're still slamming, but everyone's uh, it's been replaced, and it's like, well, it still would have been dull metal jabbed into your hand. Yeah. It still wouldn't have been good, but it and was also a ghost. Why would doing all of it? them, it with everything that's gone wrong, they're like, yeah, have a fight over the knife. I'm sure it'll be fine. I know, I yeah. know. With with all the people who've been mangled and murdered so far, let's have a fight with the knife in this scene when it didn't happen that way. What a great idea, Persia. Also, like. The, I mean, I guess we see how the house gets blown up in the book here, but like when the director's like, I don't want anyone to know what the ending is. The surprise ending is going to be that he's going to literally blow up the house, which obviously didn't happen, which didn't happen. But like, I'm just trying to understand what's the story he's telling? Because it it sounds like it's the shining. So he's just doing the shining. The whole the whole trilogy as a thing, or what Bo is telling. Bo, what, what Bo, what is, Bo telling. is telling. I want to know what Bo's other film filmography. That's looks what like. I'm wondering. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, what story are you telling? He's Bo? Uh, yeah. he's Mark Maron's character in Glow. Mm. Mm. I don't know if you, I just yeah. started watching it. Um, Mark Maron is really good in it. He's better I in Glow than he is in his own. Yeah, thing. no, he's great. He's, he's very really good, good in that show. Um. Anyway. Uh. He why why does he why does it need to be a surprise? Why does he? That's also another reason to, to call any like, I understand union. Adding stuff, there's it's like, massive explosives in the basement. Because he wants a real, yeah, I know, and and people don't know about it. How did he get those? I know. Up. Yeah, you have to go through so many and, levels. And of so then, like, stuff. he had them delivered somewhere, and he took them all down to the basement, and he was rigging them. Yeah, this, you guys. I find it a little hard to believe. I know. It's, it makes him too busy. He's too busy. He's too busy. He doesn't have time. Also, he's like the fucking librarian, the librarian. from Overdue. Because he's got He's just got so much to do. He's, he has to has a busy schedule. Set up the 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 things. He has to um like belittle his actors. He has to he has comfort to, slash um accuse Cody of things. He has to grab Cody. Uh-huh. He has to gaslight Cody. Well, he's like um was it Randy Rand, the rapper from the Hardy Boys? Oh, fuck! What is his name? Randy Rand. Yeah, Randy yeah. Rand. He's he's very busy. He had to write that new song in honor of the Hardy Boys. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. So okay, there's a lot to do. So was Bo wanting? I assume R.L. Stein found out that the reactions in Alien were real when oh. The, oh, the chest burst. Yeah, I forgot yeah. that. Yeah, so oh, I feel yeah. like he learned that and was like, "That's maybe. cool." Well, maybe he because he remember he was like, "I want a real reaction." Well, I have heard of it. Pardon me. You do hear of people not like Game of Thrones. You're not allowed to know who's going to die, even though you're in it. Like everybody's having pages held back from them. But when it's a huge explosion. <laughs> 
that you're going to ostensibly be near. And everyone, like, you do at a certain point get the pages. And the people who are in the scene have to get the pages. Yeah. Well, you have to know everyone's going to see the explosion. The At this point, they are filming. The studio would have had to sign, unless he had like full creative control, the studio would have had to sign off mm-hmm. on like the script. If he yeah. withheld the last few pages, that means his career is going well. So why is he so stressed about this fucking I movie? Know. He's yeah. like, this is going to be, I, you, I've had those three turkeys. Turkeys. <laughs> turkeys sound old. Mm-hmm. Okay, three turn. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, I kind of get that now. <laughs> yeah, because he, he's had three failures. But he sounds like just like a, a well, white dude movie director. He can just then go do, you know, commercials or TV. Yeah. yeah. People, everyone just used to go to yeah, TV back in back. the day when it wasn't respected. Oh, know? I was going to say, like, Rob must be really well off. He's a commercial actor in the 90s. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's no kidding. Good. That's house buying money right also, there. Also, yeah, oh, when, yeah. when per- Persia's like, oh, that dog food commercial, blah, blah, blah. She's like mm-hmm. being so like bitchy about it. And I was like, yeah, but he's coasting. Yeah. He's but coasting. Like, yeah. She was the star of a She's a child star in the yeah, 80s. Yeah, so she probably has residuals. She's way loaded. Yeah. Someone was telling me about like, oh yeah, there used to be math formulas where they would calculate how much residuals they'd get because they'd just estimate like based on this time slot how many mm-hmm. people would usually, and that sort of yeah. thing. And what you ended up with at the time was much better than what we yes. get now, even though they're covering you for like network and cable and internet and social mm-hmm. media and Instagram. It's all different. Yeah, our it's unions so little. are really fucking us. Yeah. Little little in the, you know, uh, terms of how much these massive corporations are making is what I'm saying. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, sure, relative to others. But, like, yeah, the corporations who now run everything are just making so much money and acting as though they... They they don't know how yeah. many oh, well, we just can't afford it. And we don't can't. know how to monetize yeah. this crazy new internet. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Yeah. Yeah. All commercials are going non union. You guys, it's hard out it's here for bad. A Yeah, it yeah. is bad. Uh we're broke. We're all broke. What else? I feel like there's another Rob's a all right guy. Like Jason was in a Super Bowl commercial <laughs> for beer yeah. with Chris motherfucking Pratt. Yeah. Why don't you have a house now? I know. I know. In reality, it's much more like I'm still at my old day job. <laughs> yeah. That's mm-hmm. kind of how it breaks down, yeah. which I'm grateful for. Sure. Because it's been pretty but, slow otherwise. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. And like in booking that, you won the jackpot. But that's yeah. what yes. the jackpot looks like now. Yeah. Well, like, I mean. If you got a Super Bowl commercial back in the day, mm, yeah, pretty good money. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. Don't Do you want to talk about it now? Hmm? Do you want to keep thinking about it? More? I mean, it keeps me up at night. Do but, you wanna, uh, we should fine. probably look it up and see what you would have gotten in the 90s. I mean, even in the fun. 90s, <laughs> I'm sure people were white knuckling it going like, how much longer will this air? Uh, how much longer will this go? And also like, when will checks arrive? That's a fun part of mm-hmm. being an actor is like mm-hmm. some weeks, a couple checks arrive. Some weeks, nothing happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like if you work with people in certain states, they're like, Oh, we don't have any rules about how often we have to pay freelancers, so we're going to pay you net sixty. And you're like, "What?" Oh yeah, Fre- I mean, freelancing is its own. It's it's nightmare. awful. Yeah, it's awful. Um, horrible. 
Yeah, the only people who really make money anymore are like super big stars like Chris Pratt or Tom Cruise or or uh, Ninja on, or, on Twitch. Or Ninja uh, on Twitch. Ninja, the Twitch streamer. <laughs> or Kelly. <laughs> who? Oh, Kelly me. on Twitch. Kelly on Twitch. <laughs> Twitch.tv yeah. slash Kelly Nugent. You are number two after mm-hmm. Ninja. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway, so w- we found that very unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, I don't expect like, R.L. Stein to write a fully, you know, uh, no, uh, Day of the Locust <laughs> kind of uh, <laughs> exploration of Hollywood sort of thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like that Persia was just a flat out lunatic. She, Dude, she was lunatic. balls to the wall. She was yeah. so I'm mean. surprised that she wasn't she didn't get killed. murdering. I'm, yeah. I, I mean, for one, that she didn't get killed, but also that like it truly seemed like she was going to murder Cody yeah. at times. And because of the whole Abby thing, I was like, maybe she's Persia. Yeah. 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 Wild stuff. Other Wild people stuff. were. Bo was punished more. He got. He got yeah, he hit with a, like a spotlight. C stand and then got the spotlight singed in his yeah. face so it started to smoke. He's yep. dead, right? Yeah, I think they he never was all, talk no, I thought about he him lived, again. didn't he? What? I don't know. And I then think he maybe. died. I think he for sure died. Uh, uh, can I read? Because uh, otherwise, why is she getting the tape from Sam McCarthy? What? Oh, yeah. maybe that's Nagel it. Nagel Hand guy. Well, that's, I have that in front of me. I um, was afraid about what was going to happen there. I was like, is this revenge? What's going on? So, so Cody and Rob are back in LA and they're still, you know, they're Going two crazy strong. kids making it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, which a trauma. little, yeah, shared trauma. I mean, he's well, also, they really seem to get along work together. On the set. It seems like yeah. they work together. Uh, you know, he seems um, like a good guy. Seems like a good guy. Yeah. At, at the beginning, I was a little like, all right, well, he's got a little more acting experience, kind of taking advantage of the newcomer, but it seems like they kind of flesh out, it no, out. He's a gentleman. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, Cody hurried to the kitchen and pulled two cans of Coke from the refrigerator. When she returned to the living room, she was surprised to see Rob holding a large brown envelope. Not the pizza, he said. He removed a video cassette from the envelope. A note was taped to the box. Cody pulled it off and read it. Here's a collector's item for you, Cody. It's the only film that was shot at 99 Fear Street. Talk about a big finish. Better luck to us all, Sam McCarthy. Insane. Yeah, he's in high what spirits. A, what, yeah, what a crazy. Like considering all that went down, it's like thought you'd want to see this last tape taken at your sister's murder site. Yeah, I, why where yeah. my hands That's why I thought got it was cut up. Yeah, I mean, I see it closure, but I'm also kind of laughing at like the cigar chomping guy just like doing a line of coke. Like yeah. oh, I'll send her the note. <laughs> I know. I'll send her the. The thing, she'll want this. She'll want this VHS. <laughs> yeah, okay, she's a good kid. Also, <laughs> when, so mom, <laughs> when mom and dad come home, does she go like, hey, you gotta see this. This is mom, the- mom, dad, look what they sent. <laughs> Callie waves goodbye yeah. in the Can't fire. Can't you see it? And they're like, why wouldn't you do this to us? And they're like, but what about change? Uh, don't worry about it. She's like, oh, yeah. I didn't check in on that. And like, they never know that James died. Why isn't she also going back for James? That was crazy. Did they know that? So when Brant finds the body, does anybody let? Because there's a few. They give the remains. Maybe they got notified. The police get the remains out of there. You're right. And speaking of the police. So uh, earlier in this final chapter, um, Cody and Rob are sitting around. Cody does not want to go out. Rob's giving her a hard time about like, why do we stay in so much? Probably the trauma. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, the police called again this morning. This is Cody talking. It's been weeks since the explosion and they still can't figure out what happened. 
Everyone had a different story, and one version is stranger than the next. And they still have trouble believing that it was Callie, not me, who did all those horrible things. Oh, yeah. Cody I sighed. Thought about this. Fortunately, they're going to drop it. Of course, I'll still have to go to therapy twice a week. But I'm glad no one is pressing charges. Yeah, agreed Rob. I just want to forget the whole thing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There's some very the funny moments. They're like, she's like, yeah, they think I did it, but I just have to go to therapy. And it's like, oh, yeah, you need that anyway. So, yeah, cool. Yeah. But I, I don't, I, I'm having, I'm trying to reconcile whether the police are like, all right, I guess it was a ghost. We got a lot of fucking ghosts in this town. <laughs> or are they also just calling to go like, so walk us through it one more time. The ghost of your sister took on a corp- corporeal form, a solid form, <laughs> right? That's the word. I, I might be getting that wrong. And, and stabbed someone and then burned the director's. A face so but it's like what do the police keep calling but they're not pressing charges i i don't know but i do love the I, yeah i would imagine that it's like the shady side police and they're like oh where did it take place 99 fair street yeah we don't need to press charges you gotta yeah. give that one over to the federal boys it's like, yeah. give that to the marshals it's like sunnydale where they're just like um, they, they call uh, Mulder and scully yeah there we go oh yeah um <laughs> yeah. the rob i just want to forget yeah, the whole thing leaks. is very funny rob is like that reminds me of like because I mean, in, in a lot of like R.L. Stein books, when a female character is like really upset about a very real trauma, the love interest will be like, "Yeah, but let's make out." Like, yeah. like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about this. Like, let's let's go to a movie. In and his case, I forgive it because he almost drowned in goo. He did almost yeah. drown in goo, and she had to CPR him. Yeah, like he tr- he truly had a trauma as well. He so truly like did. he does have a, a different say trauma, in but a how. Trauma. He wants to deal with his trauma. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so. And I, I, I'm sure part of that is just <laughs> so like hot. I feel physically it's Ill. very Looking hot over in here. Kelly, and you're like, <gasps> yeah, I know. My heart's like going really fast right now. It's as hot as that goo-filled attic in book three. Dude, yeah. That goo was hot. That goo it was, was hot. hot. Goo. The hot goo was upsetting. Yeah, um, I didn't like that it was hot, and it smelled really bad. And it took them way too long to realize that it wasn't the rigged goo. The second it smelled bad, the they should have been like, up, and that was hot. Like, they should have been like, not it's not this. doing. Also, don't rehearse. You just have to scream. Take your breaks when they're given to. It's like the army. You yeah. eat and you sleep when you can yeah. when you're on a set. Like, you don't know when it, you're going to have a downtime. And the fact that Bo would then be like, had to get rid of him because of that dang goo machine. It's yeah. Like, you know that's not what it is. Also, you know. Yeah. And also, like, speaking as a voice actor... When they're like, you should rehearse screaming. I'm like, no, no. you shouldn't. Yeah. Because you're g- not going to have a voice after you do that. You're going to scream your head off. Mm-hmm. And then when the cameras are rolling, you will have nothing left. We'll have a ragged pulp throat. You got two tries. Yeah. And then I Get need it. a bucket of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know the f- kind of flippant like, oh, well, let's forget the whole thing is kind of also this kind of R.L. Stein moving it along. But I do it to say in the first the Callie the diary entries there's there's a moment where she's like if one more thing goes wrong I feel like my family would just unravel oh well tomorrow's another day uh, yeah yeah which... or she she goes straight from being like this house is evil I don't know if I can stay in here a moment longer I wonder why dad's acting so weird yeah. it is weird like, how what you just had the thought that you're freaked out. Oh, no, 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 that's what it was. She's like written in her diary about how 
afraid the whole family is, but they can't leave because they don't have any money. And her dad is muttering because he saw all these heads. And then she's like, hey, Anthony, do you want to come over for spaghetti? And he's like, yeah. uh, I don't know. And she's like, what, are you afraid of my house or it's something? Like, you were just like, afraid of your house. What are you talking about, You Callie? silly little idiot. You, you were just afraid of your own damn house. Stupid cow. You were just writing in your fucking diary and you know that things are bad. Why would you bring another human being who you like into this hellhole? Oh, but Anthony never turns down a big old plate of spaghetti. I know. He was excited to eat that pasta. Oh, that gravy. And a promise of of specially made cake for him afterwards. She was like, I'm going to make a cake too. And I was like, girl, that's so many carbs. You just moved. Don't make a German chocolate cake. What are you doing? Yeah. People are dying. Also, okay, I know that we're in a heat wave and so my mind may be skewed. (laughs) <laughs> but when they're like the house is cold we should cut down the trees and let the sun in i was like no yeah <gasps> leave I, the I, trees. I was like you don't just cut down some trees yeah they're like hundred year old trees sun. yeah nightmare people you need those trees you need yeah. them they Unless actually shelter from the wind. foundation of your home sure keep a tree keep a tree yeah they help both seasons mm-hmm. cold and hot mm-hmm. unless they're evil trees in which case these are evil. They're blood trees. They <gasps> their sap. That is was blood. a cool part. Oh, that, that was, was cool. cool. Oh yeah, the dad is like struggling to cut off yeah, this branch. Brant made and himself useful for once. Brant is a little idiot that constantly leaves people alone in his death house. He'll be like, "Come into my oh, house. Yeah. Oh, stand next to these. Stand um, next to the weapons. The weapons. Please. Yeah. Oh, I gotta go oh, outside. Right <laughs> and then every time he's like, "How does this keep happening? <laughs> it's like probably magic. Probably magic because you are alive through magic. So yeah, put the pieces so you together. You dumb exists. shit." Yeah. Uh, but that is, I think there is a base in reality for some of the the kind of flippant stuff where it's like, the horror, the horror. Oh, well, can't wait to see what the school cafeteria has tomorrow. Yeah. Because I do remember being a teenager and like experiencing the horrors of regular teenage life mm-hmm. for like, you know, a family, you know, oh, my parents are getting divorced and just yeah. being like, being like despond at one moment and be like, ooh, new comic day tomorrow. Like yeah, swinging. Because sure. those just things like still happen. Onto the- yeah. yeah. And like like school lunch is going to be a thing that you think about. And like, yeah. But totally. like the only one who makes any sense across all of these books is Cody of the first book. When she is like, we got to get out of this house. I can feel that it's evil. I need to get my family out of this house. I'm just going to pretend to be a ghost to try to scare Callie and get her on my side. She, and I was like, yeah, if you just start freaking people yeah, out and then they'll leave. Yeah. Well, that's what a lot of like conspiracy uh, people do or like um, uh, it, uh, people that are really into like UFO stuff. Um, it, oh, they tr- they like, stage even, stuff. Even people that stage stuff still believe it. They just think it's a necessary thing to get people on board with. They're like, well, it's, whatever. This little lie won't matter because I know the truth. Once, you, once I open your eyes, yeah, then you'll then see you'll the real see stuff it everywhere. Yeah, um, like I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is that is that how like the do you know the QAnon people? Do you know these yeah, crazy yeah. internet people? Yeah. Um, th- it's this. There's a person on 4chan mm-hmm. who is like, well, Donald Trump's been uh, enacting a giant worldwide pedophile sting and it's all very hush hush but he's been giving us little clues oh yeah and there there's a bunch of that's uh, what uh, roseanne thinks yeah roseanne is into it uh but there's a bunch of maniacs down in like arizona who are like we have found the remnants of a pedophile sex prison camp and it's just like no it's just a homeless and they found some bottles and some old shoes and like a broken tent and it it's 
the police said like the local authorities are like losing their they're just like please stop please <laughs> stop coming here meanwhile yeah. actual children are being held actual in yeah. cages yeah. Pre- meanwhile the actual president is on the flight <laughs> jeffrey epstein's flight logs yeah yeah sex planes yeah yeah uh, i think i'm a little yeah I'm a little spent very do we have anything else that we haven't covered i, I feel mean, like we really covered up yeah we did books. yeah we did, did you have anything else jason i don't i mean i i got very diligent like i said i've read the first book three times now mm-hmm. uh because nice. i you know, uh, we were just starting podcast The Ride when uh-huh. we first, you and I first started talking about this series, and you're like, "Oh, we'll get you on soon." So I was overly diligent, and I read it real quick. Oh, it was and way before you started podcast The Ride. It was like was within it? six months or something of the podcast of Teen Creeps. No, within the first year, maybe. Uh, well, I read it. I read the first book in like 2017, and and. More recently, when we were trying to schedule this, you were like, well, let's do the whole trilogy. And I'm like, yeah, "Ah, I got to get the others. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, I took a bunch of screen grads from the first book, but that was on an old phone that crashed and I lost the pictures. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, So I was like, "Ah, I'll just read it again. So I'm like, I've (laughs) now read the third book. That's fine. Um, But I learned like, yeah, when you tell a podcast guest, uh, we'll have you on soon. That can mean anything. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, it was fun, especially fun to revisit the first two that I read as a kid. I had no memory of Brant being a zombie. That's so funny. So shocking. Blew me away to me. Yeah, because I remembered the first and the third, and I didn't remember the second at all. Yeah, it's very weird. I and then the third, like having never read the third, it's so funny having like yeah lived out here for 10 years now and just (laughs) saying like wow this is what people think hollywood is and some stuff is very correct and some stuff is very Very wrong wrong. so (laughs) but yeah well thank you so much for putting in the time again oh thank you yeah we appreciate it we appreciate it thank you so much for doing the show sure uh do you have anything you want to plug um podcast the ride uh comes out every friday it's a comedy theme park about podcasts hosted by three <laughs> childless men in their 30s comedy myself. theme park about podcasts oh uh, wait a comedy it's a comedy, comedy theme podcast. park podcast yes it's a comedy, it's comedy podcast, podcast. It about is like theme parks. very warm in this room and we are yeah, losing it's our minds very warm the fact um, that we are still speaking english is amazing uh uh sort of hosted gibberish. by myself and uh scott gerner and mike carlson uh, past guest of this show also uh, known as my boyfriend also your boyfriend uh, so gracefully it's like you guys have, have really blown up i yeah things are going good awesome. uh, we have a uh 19 part uh series about city walk coming yeah oh god s- in the mm-hmm. next few we don't have a Covering hard deadline 19 all the 19, 19 sectors, sectors of city walk it's uh, so funny we Very have ambitious. a live show soon that i when is this coming out next week next week Next week. Okay. Hopefully it'll be announced by then, but podcast the ride live soon. Uh, I don't have the website yet. I don't, it hasn't, <laughs> like, it's not officially um, here, we'll, up we'll yet. S- we'll s- do this. Um, if you guys aren't allowed to say anything yet, we'll cut it out. Oh, but, okay. Um, what you could say is just like, tune into podcast the ride where we will be announcing we our live show. We will be announcing show. our live show. Hang on. Oh, yes. Tune into Podcast The Ride. Follow us on Podcast The Ride. Mostly, we mostly post on Twitter, but we also have a lovely Facebook group uh, that we're 
is growing and and podcast the ride on instagram and we will have official uh live show announcements very soon uh with a insane guest that we kind of can't believe awesome woohoo woohoo thank you again if uh next week we are reading oh next week we are reading the new fear street book from rl stein yes. there's a new one mm-hmm. it, the cover's he's beautiful. writing them again and it's a wow. return to the to the uh illustrated covers of its heyday oh great it's gorgeous i'll show you after we're done recording but it's called you may now kill the bride it is coming great, out yeah july i think we're releasing it either the day it's coming out or the so are you saying you got after, a, I you got a perk you got an early copy july yeah 25th? we got an advanced oh, copy wow. a listener got us an advanced copy so we will be releasing it i think the week it comes out i forgot anyway uh, that's what we're reading next episode. So go on Amazon, pre-order the book if you want to have yes, read it beforehand. it looks great. It is beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Very excited about it. Um, thank you so much to our Patreon listeners. It's uh, not without you that we can't. <laughs> I'm, I'm we're physically... We're all very damn. thing in the last episode. I know. I'm here. physically very let ill me, right now. Let me... I'll take okay. it from here. Okay. Thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers who help make the show possible. We really appreciate it, but also thank you to everybody. If you would like to follow the podcast on social media, we are at Teen Creeps Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can join our new, um, newly open to the public Facebook group. Thank you to our listener who started that quite a while ago, who was kind enough to open it up. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Find our reading schedule at teencreepspod.com. See you next week. Keep it creepy. Forever Dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Kelly Nugent, Lindsay Katai, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.